Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. you've noticed that when we talk about the Christian life and walking in God's ways, we often think of our actions first. We automatically default to discuss our deeds, our conduct, our behavior. Are we doing enough things for God and for other people, and are we doing them well, we ask ourselves. This is certainly not a bad way to think about the Christian life, but so often it causes us to ignore something very important, namely our character, the shape of our character, the depth of our integrity, the clarity and coherence of our personality. These all matter hugely to God, in addition to and apart from our conduct. So listen now to a passage from the 32nd chapter of the book of Exodus with these things in mind. And I'll begin at the first verse. When the people saw that Moses was slow in coming down from the mountain, the people gathered around Moses' brother Aaron, and they said to him, Come, make gods for us, gods who will go before us. As for Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know 
where he has gone. Aaron said to the people, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So the people took off the gold rings from their ears and they brought them to Aaron. And he took the gold from them, melted it down, formed it in a mold and cast an image of a calf. And the people said, There are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw all this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation, saying, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings, and they brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to party. The Lord said to Moses, Go down right now. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf. And they've worshipped it and sacrificed to it, saying, These are your gods, O Israel, the ones who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord then said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stubborn they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. Of you, Moses, I will make a great nation. Well, with that story from the book of Exodus in your head, take a listen now to some words about character. Well, you don't have to do much driving around town to realize that there's a for hire sign everywhere. Everybody's hiring, or everybody is trying to hire. Restaurants, hotels, trucking companies, Uber, Lyft, factories, you name it. I must have passed six, eight signs even on the way to church this morning. Well, out in Boulder, Colorado, my kids have a favorite restaurant. It's called the Mountain Sun Pub. And uh, not long ago, they had a posting for an assistant kitchen manager. And they had a poster in the front of the store, on the door, or next to the door. They had a poster in the bathroom. And it read like this. Culinary degree helpful, but we're more interested in learning if you have genuine kindness, intelligence, and then it said not just smarts, but curiosity, empathy, an awareness for, of, and care for how others feel and how your actions make them feel, self-awareness and integrity, someone who does the right thing with honesty and good judgment, and then warm thoughtfulness. At the bottom of this job posting, it gave in smaller print uh, some of the responsibilities. You do all food prep, you do daily service, you do inventory, you do ordering, cost calculating, presentation, cleanliness, and more. I have no idea how many applicants uh, took an interest in this assistant kitchen manager job, but one thing that's apparent to me is that the manager of that place or the owner of that place appears to be more interested in character than in skill set. 
or perhaps believe, as many of us do, that you can learn certain skill sets, but the character that you bring in is the disposition with which you're going to be operating. Most of us can understand this interest in character. We may be led on certain days to believe that we are defined by what we have and by what we do and by where we came from, and sometimes even by what others think of us, which would be our reputation. But we also know that we're not our reputation, and we're not our possessions, and we are not even our skill set. We are, to some extent, our character. You are your character, and I am my character. These are, in some respects, everything for us. Your character is more important than whether I agree or disagree with you on different things, and my character is more important than whether you disagree or agree with me on various things. If we lack integrity or depth of character, nothing else that we're up to really matters much at all. It really doesn't. And the clarity or the coherence or the trustworthiness of your character and mine, this is everything. It affects your personality. It affects your likability. Well, I'm highlighting this uh, character piece of our lives this morning because it seems to me we often think of the Christian life uh, as walking in God's ways. And when we walk in God's ways, we're specifically thinking about our conduct, uh, how we're behaving, what we're doing, if we're feeding the hungry, if we're attending to the sick, if we're loving the stranger, if we're caring for the precariousness and the beauty of creation all at the same time, well then we are walking in God's ways. But what, what if we were to spend as much energy cultivating our character as we do sizing up our deeds? In other words, you know, compassionate deeds, they're very commendable, but being a compassionate human being is also very commendable. Well, now we have this really fascinating encounter in the 32nd chapter of the book of Exodus that talks about these kinds of things. The people of Israel, they're at the foot of this mountain, and they're kind of fed up with their leader Moses, who hasn't yet come down from his summit meeting with the Lord. They're impatient. And so their new leader, Moses' brother Aaron, uh, sees their impatience and decides that one of the ways to pacify their restlessness is to give them something to worship. So he makes this call out for all of their jewelry, and every man, woman, and child turns in their earrings and necklaces, and they get melted down and poured into a mold. And lo and behold, voila, here's a little statue of a calf. Not like the one on the back of your leg, but of a cow or of a bull that they can worship. It seems kind of silly, I know, as we think about it. Um, and it seems maybe sacrilegious at worst. But I think of all the things in my life that I worship 
without ever bowing my knees. And I think you might think of all the things in your life and in your household and in your family that you worship without ever using the word worship or religious devotion. And we all engage in plenty of silly and idolatrous behaviors all the time. God says to Moses, you need to go down there and you need to see the appalling behavior of these people. It's egregious. It's a crime. This is idolatry. They're breaking the covenant in the worst of ways. So what's happening is idolatry is their crime, but the punishment. God wants to punish. God wants to destroy. God wants to smite them. But instead of punishing them for the crime, God wants to punish them for a character flaw. They are stubborn people. And God calls out their stubbornness. That's what God goes after. You can read the rest of the story to see God pulling back on that destructive impulse. But it's their, it's their character flaw that's more insidious in the eyes of God at that moment than is their defect in deed or action. All of which is to say, character matters hugely to God. Because when there's a character flaw, it alters the central core of who we are. It starts to risk damaging the divine image that's, that's God within us. It messes with the integrity that you want to have and that you want to be known for. It chips away when you have a character flaw. It chips away at those dependable and those predictable traits that make us coherent people and that make you be somebody that someone else wants to be around or near. The people of Israel, they commit this crime of idolatry and God goes after a character flaw. I have seen the stubbornness of these people. Now let me alone, says God, so that my, my wrath may burn hot within me and I might destroy them. You know, your character and mine has a kind of intrinsic value that's even independent from what we do on a given day. It's not just a means to an end. It's, it's central to our identity. It's the depth of your character that will cause other people to be attracted to you or to be repelled from you. It's your depth of character that will prompt you to do good and sacrificial deeds with your life. You don't get apples from a thorn bush. The reformer Martin Luther once said, you get apples from an apple tree. And so people who are courageous and and people who are hospitable and people who are generous in character and personality will in fact do courageous things and hospitable things and generous things with their time, their money, their lives, their service. Character is everything. If you lack integrity or I lack depth in my character, nothing else that we're up to is really very important. 
We lose sight of this, of course, believing that our reputation or our achievements or our successes are the measure of our goodness, but that's not the way it works. God looks past the deeds of the Israelites on this day, and God goes after their character. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were a stubborn people. So here's where I want your mind to go today. Occasionally in life, you will come across people who have this kind of deep inner coherence. They have this uncorruptible integrity. I, I call these people unpurchasable. You will come upon, uh, upon people who are calm. They are together. They are rooted people. People whose minds are consistent and dependable, whose character is trustworthy. You'll come upon these kind of people. They don't collapse. They don't fall apart in adversity. They have a very deep soul. And when you encounter someone like this, I'm pretty sure you feel a kind of joy, a sort of moral joy, because there's a completeness to their presence that just kind of overwhelms you. You see how important character really is. It just so happens that every time we encounter Jesus in a serious way, we meet this kind of character. The crowds in his day, they tended to follow Jesus <clears throat> because of what they believed they could get from him. How they believed they could benefit from him. They might get their ankle fixed, or their brother raised from the dead, or their hemorrhaging stopped. We tend to do the same thing. We look for what we can get from the deeds and the actions of Jesus to benefit us. But what if your life of faith were to try to seek out the character of Jesus? And what if you were to contemplate what it would mean to embody and appropriate His trustworthiness his clarity, his congruence between the way he was made on the inside and the way he performed on the outside. The actions of Jesus, which everybody seems to be drawn to, were sustained by the core and depth of who he was on the inside. The actions, the deeds of Jesus, they were backed up by the substance of his character the depths of his personhood. All of which is to say, you know, character, it may be important for that next job that you apply for or that next job you might hire someone for if you were in the hiring business. But it also matters hugely to the Lord, this character that's embedded deep within us and to cultivate the shape of that character and try to appropriate more in us of who Jesus was will allow us to live less as a divided person, a fragmented person, a scattershot person, and instead to live more as a whole and a likable person. 
the kind that God made us to be. Conduct isn't all there is. I, ta- I preached two weeks ago about feeding the hungry, and next week we're going to talk more about what it means to bless the world with food. But there's also character, and it matters hugely, not just as a means to an end, but because God has given you and me this substance of a strong identity, and to keep on cultivating that, that is itself, to walk in the ways of God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes our different human understandings, keep your mind in, and ours in Christ Jesus. Amen. I draw near to dust.
So hear the prayer that our Lord has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God has blessed each and every one of us with character and personality. So go now and cultivate the depth of your humility and integrity and honesty. And watch yourself be able to walk even more fully in the ways of God. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.